Each week, nearly a dozen movies are released theatrically. 40 films a month, more than 400 a year. That's a plethora of cinema. Too much cinema. You'd have to be an addict to see all that. But don't fret. We've got you covered. This is Cinematics. Hey, yo. Welcome to Cinematics. I'm Anderson. That's Greg Sersavosti. I'm Anderson. I blather about films here and there. That's Greg Sersavosti. I did that twice. Not sure why. BFCA member, Broadcast Film Critic Association member. Today, we're talking about all of the movies that are worth talking about that coming out March 2021. Greg, I got a, a decent little list. How, how about you? I, 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 I'm I, just, I, I have like one or two, and then we're, we're out of here. And, and by the way, I just want to tell you. Fantastic. By the, by the way, I, I just wanted to tell you this. The last year and a half. It, the BFCA changed to the Critics Choice Awards, Critics Choice member, but just keep on saying BFCA. I just wanted to mention that. I just yeah, because there's no change. There's no, you're, you're not going to change I, the intro. Locked you're locked in. into the BFCA. Okay, I just, I just wanted to tell you that, and just you know, out of concern. I am into changing our yeah. our actual intro though. Yeah, it, it, I, I talk about it every month, and it's it's a little dated. And, yeah, uh, maybe we just go with the music. Maybe we cut your friend out there, yeah. and we don't need the uh, yeah the VO anymore yeah. until uh, things change. Yeah, cut the Andrew. Huh? She's, what do you she's, say? Cut the Andrew out. She's over in New York, living her best life. So yeah. That's fine. Didn't she probably? I mean, I, I never. I wrote that, and I was never that in love with the plethora of cinema. Too much cinema, you know. I, I, I'm not. I'm not a giant fan of it, and uh, you know, I hate my own work, so <laughs> I got to hear it every time we do the show. And uh, it doesn't really make sense yeah. anymore with the way that movies have evolved and changed the way that we all consume them now. Um, cut it. All right, cool. Yeah, Cuts. It's done. I. I got some good movies, actually. I was prepared for uh, a slog of a month, and I thought that it was going to be tough. But you know what? Maybe we should just do it this way from now on. Maybe, uh, you know, we or we allow movies that uh, come out in January and February of the calendar year to be up for the Oscars. And, you know, movies that are coming off of Sundance will... Uh, we don't. We won't have to wait as long for them to, you know, get the buzz going. It, 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 they get the buzz with Sundance, but a lot of time it takes almost a full year before us plebeians can see them. Exactly. Uh, you know, I'm yeah. talking about anyone who doesn't go to Sundance. So, uh, and then we dovetail right into March. I kind of like it. But then what happens to November and December? I guess uh, we kind of felt that. You know what? It, you know the Golden Globes. The Golden Globes, the, the lowest ratings they've had since like the nineties. I think. I think it's because they suck. Do you, do you think they have? It just sucks. It just. I mean, it's. Uh, I think it sucks, but I. I also think it's a harbinger of things to come as far as movies in general, uh, from the last fourteen months because of the plague. And you know, I think that the Oscars are going to have a real hard time as well. I, I think that they're going to they're not going to be watched by many people just because a lot of people have no idea that movies are still being released. It's shocking. You talk to people on the street and they're like, "Oh, movies still come out? Really? Like they don't even know, <laughs> right? I'm serious. Yeah. Like people don't even know that movies are still being released. I think they just thought that they put them all on the shelf because there's no advertising, Greg. It's crazy. And you know what? Now, Anderson, there's just every single week, there's just a glut of movies being released because it's just... Well, that's been the case for a while, right? I, that's, what, that's what the point of the show is, know, is to uh, combat I that. I just think I've noticed because of this, with the state of the state, there's just been... just You talk about dumping ground. The state of the state. Yeah, dump, dumping yeah. ground in January, but I think it's been a dumping ground ever since uh, this whole uh, virus happened in the last year. And Well, everything I said at the top of the, sh- the show is pretty much the opposite. Of, of that, so I'm glad you take a, a, a different stance and an opposing I, stance because I, I said I kind of I kind of like this with uh, you know uh, January and February had some good movies whereas normally it's uh, it's it's pretty bleak. Yeah, I, I think the only well I'm trying to think of movies that I really loved within the last month or so, but I, I think the the one movie that I really flipped for was I Care a Lot. 
the Rosamund Pike film. That's the one that really. Oh, did you love that? Oh, one? I love it. It's, it's a it's a sociopathic dream. Just that whole movie. Mm. I loved everything. Mm-hmm. It was probably close to a five star film for me. I did not listen to what you and Brian mm. had to say about I care a lot. I think you're going mm. hmm because you you really deeply loved that movie and cared about mm. it, right? Very good. Mm. That's what your big recommendation. It was okay. Oh, okay. It was all right. Come on. It was all right. It was, it was like a perfect Netflix release. What? Like you don't have to put in much energy or effort, well, very little money. You can watch it. It helps you, helps you pass the time, right, Greg? Right? <laughs> it's a great characteriz- characterization, great little twist, and eh, I thought it was fun. I-, I watched it with Jillian, and she deals with uh, uh, oh, guardians, right. quite guardianship, yeah. and the, the realities that, that involve becoming a legal guardian. And uh, right off the bat, she let me know how implausible it was. So that kind of ruined the movie for me. Oh, gotcha. And she, she did not like it one bit, the movie. She was not entertained. Was she at least? No, we did top five wet blankets. She thought it was dumb. We did top five wet blankets on the film vault uh, last week, and uh, Jillian, if we were if we weren't doing if we weren't restricted to movie characters, we could just do people in our lives. Jillian might be number one. <laughs> My wife might be that, number one wet blanket. So, as far as movie, movies as long go, like every time I try yeah. and watch a movie with her, she just does all she can to ruin. All she no, can. No, come on. You know what, though? She does. It, but, but no matter what, she can't be any worse than Shelly Winters. Was that your number one wet blanket from your... <laughs> <laughs> she was my number five. Okay. Shelly Winters in uh, either Lolita or uh, Place in the Sun. Take take your pick. <laughs> Place in the Sun. I remember that movie. <laughs> Didn't we do that last month on, on our Patreon feed? Yes. A pl- Hold on a second. My my son, oh, my, my no. wife is at the hospital. My okay? son oh. is supposed to be taking a nap. I am in the garage with the garage door open. Uh-oh. So that I can see him, and he needs something now. I, yeah, no problem. That son no of a, pro- it's okay. And we're back. Thank you, Greg, for the that brief interruption. Yeah. All right, you know what? Yes, sir. Yes. It's my my favorite time of the month, doing my favorite little stunt that I do into a microphone each oh, month. Very good. And that's with you, Thank my you, friend. Sir. Thank you. And that's no lie. And that's to generate the random number generator, which... Okay, here's how it happened. Uh, Greg, you want to set it up and explain what, what this yeah, is? Yeah, this is, this is for our bonus. For, for our Patreon members, you guys get an extra episode per month. What Anderson does is he picks... We double the episode. Yes, we, we double that from one to two. This is the second episode we yeah. do every month, and it's uh, that bonus episode. And what, what Anderson's picking, he's, he's picking from the years, I would say 1940 to 1989, but then we cover like 1940 or 1989, but that was our... Yeah, we covered 1940, oh, so 19- uh, that one's out. So it's, now we're down to 1941 and 1989. Okay, and then ra- and then we does a random je- uh, random uh, randomizer. He randomizes the number and he picks a year. And during that year, mm-hmm. that year, Anderson will pick a movie and I will pick a movie. I'm still heartbroken over last month's 1951 choice of People Will Talk, which Anderson absolutely, by the way, did not like. I would even venture to say he actually really disliked the movie. No, it- I didn't dislike for what it was, Greg. It's it's. I just don't like the era. I mean, I think that uh, I've been quite clear about no. that. And I got to kind of you, you got to do that thing where like you hold it in comparison to you know what's around it. And I'm sure that it's better than most movies from that era. I just don't like that era. Yeah. I don't. I rarely see a movie from that. era. You know what I have? I, I'm glad you brought it up though because. Uh, I like to eat chicken sausages, Greg. It's one of the uh, dinners that the uh, the boy and I, Atticus and I, have on a fairly regular basis. We get those sweet chicken sausages, okay, cool. sweet apple chicken sausage. Very good. Nice. And the German German fella in uh, People Will Talk, I really enjoyed the way that he ate his bratwurst. And, uh, <laughs> he he de-skinned, he de-skinned them. I don't know if you I noticed notice that, that, but he had uh, a very methodical way of de-skinning them. And it was it was as though he was a uh, a hibachi chef at a. Uh, uh, at one of these hibachi restaurants, like uh, Benihana mm. or something. He was very quick with the knife, mm. and he was able to get that. Uh, you know what the the cases are made of, Greg? You no, know? What, what are they made of, Anderson? What? what like, a, like a 
like a, a traditional knockwurst or bratwurst, mm-hmm. uh, brat mm-hmm. as they call them. They're made with pig intestines. They take the pig wow. intestines, they clean mm-hmm. them out, and then they stuff them with their own uh, ground up meat. Mm-hmm. And uh, there you go, you got a bratwurst. Yeah. So I don't know if that's the kind of, that you buy in the store. Got the uh, the old intestines, mm-hmm. but he wasn't into the skin, so he, he peeled them off pretty quickly with a knife and fork. I was impressed. With yeah, that. Th- thank you. I think about that scene. Often. I've been a vegetarian for three and a half years, Anderson. Thank you. Thank that. That was just a, a nightmarish thing that I had to actually envision in my head. I'm I'm about to throw up right now. By the way, speaking of which, uh, nice. I don't eat pig either, so I'm right oh, okay, there. With but, Greg, so okay. Okay. On the flip side, on the flip side, wait. I just want to tell you, people will talk before you get to the number. Thank you so much. Patreon member, friend of the show, Tam Smith. Tam Smith, she's popped up on TFV before. She's going to pop up right now in cinematics because she really defended. She's one of my favorite people. I love that Tam she Smith. She defended. What about she her? De- by the way, she defended People Will Talk, and she just wanted to. She messaged. Uh, I think she tweeted us at our uh, our cinematics tweet, uh, Twitter thing, which I barely mm-hmm. use, and my, my fault on that, on the socials. But she wa- she wanted to defend me and said she really enjoyed People Will Talk You know talk what you well. could do right well, now, Greg? You take advantage yes, of that. Uh, what, uh, I have a feeling that uh, Tam would probably also defend you with... Uh, the accountant. She's a great equalizer, and she uh, is always fighting for the little guy. Very cool. And uh, since I'm such a jerk to you with uh, some of the picks, I, I think she's defending you. But I bet she she will also tweet at you now that she likes the accountant, and you're right as, there as well. Yeah. So you know, I'm gonna probably watch Unhinged. I may I may find that to be very wonderful because I love that lead actress. I think she's a star in the making for from Unhinged. Yeah, so. I didn't have a problem with her. Everyone talked about how annoying she was, and I didn't really. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, she was a, a young mom who had some issues. You remember her? She had some problems. She was on her. the she was the woman in Slow West at the end of Slow West. So yeah, she's she's quite she's quite the actor. Slow West is a uh, quite the better movie. Oh, of course, I'm, I'm assuming. <laughs> but Unhinged is a fun ride. It is it is a fun ride, and I, I I'm not just I saying that because uh, wonderful, beautiful, fantastic Tam Smith assigned that to, to Brian and I over the film vault. Enough of film vault. All right, so. Greg just set it up. Uh, we, we celebrate a year, uh, a random mm-hmm. year between 40, 1940 and 1989, uh, once a month for our Patreon uh, listeners. And uh, we talk about the Hollywood births of people that were born. That was kind of depressing. All those big names that are turning 70 or have already turned 70 this year. Yeah. Uh, when we did 1951 last uh, last month. Uh, I also talk about the uh, the biggest box office grocers, the top 10 box office grocers of the era, as well as any interesting little factoids that happened that year. And, of course, the Academy Awards, we, we cover that as well. So kind of just try and fill in some of the blanks, especially for me, because I got blind spots on a lot of these years, Greg. Yes, yes. Uh, here's what happened. I set up the random n- number generator right before my four-year-old uh, rudely interrupted mm-hmm. the show. And uh, I put my phone in my pocket, and then when I retrieved went went to retrieve the pocket uh, the phone from the pocket, it had uh, it had chosen for us. Should I just go with that, or should we re-roll? I think we should just in the moment re-roll. Why don't you just go for the re-roll? Okay, okay. So 1972 will will not happen unless there's a massive coincidence. 1950s. Here. It was 1972. Please. 1950s or 1940s. But, I'm I'm praying for that. Why do you like that era? So my favorite my favorite era is that the past. Out of the past, Robert Mitchum, Jane Greer. Well, uh, 1972 turns out 72 is also yeah, nearly 50 years ago. 1972 is like 2012 to me. I mean, it's it's like mm-hmm. yeah, I anything post uh, 1959 is a little bit. Uh, Why do you like that studio I era love so the much? Where like, age uh, of filmmakers sun. had very little yeah, control. It was all about uh, the bottom dollars. It was all about the factory. Just they they would output like. One star would have ten movies in a year. You yeah, like that? I love that? it. I love it. And I, even before that, I love the Mank era. I love. I love all that stuff. Nineteen thirties. Nineteen forties. Wow, that's true. Nineteen thirties. Right, yeah, here we go. Yes, Ready? Please. Fifties and forties. Let's do it. Generate. Ah, oh, jeez. Uh, oh, we've already done it. So nineteen fifty is our, has already oh, been God. done. So here we okay. go. Okay. So you know what I would do? What, what, what would make this segment even better? Yeah. 
So if I could easily, if I had well, a better organized, then I can do this. This would take, you know, half hour, one <laughs> afternoon. So if I said, hey, we're going to do 1950, and then I could say what the two movies were. Oh, that'd be, ah, that'd that'd be better. That'd be, that'd be interesting. You did that, but Yeah, I should do that. All right, I'll do that for next oh, month. But uh, I don't have it for this month. However, I do have a year, Greg. Yes. It landed on 1965. Oh, very good. 1965. Things are starting to take a turn in 1965, becoming more filmmaker-friendly and less studio-friendly. Let's see what we come up with for 1965. Excited to celebrate 1965. And uh, on that, one more pause, because the boy is yelling for me. He's in the bathroom, and he needs my help. Uh, I'll be right back. And we're back. All right. Thank you, Greg. No, uh, no more interruptions. Yes. I, I vow no more interruptions. No from problem. Okay. No problem. I understand. Do you? There's someone who's going to understand that's going to be me. And you know that. So. I do know that. All right. Let's talk movies. Let's talk uh, movies. Uh, do you see anything that blew you away from uh, in February well, since the last time well, we look, talked? I want, I want you to go first, Anderson, because I have a really, really good one. Okay. And. I am just I. I'm gonna. Te- I don't even want to tease it. I, I want you to go first, and I'm just gonna end it with a capper to that to end all cappers. It's gonna be good, really good. Yes, all right. yes, all sir. Right. I'm not gonna spend a whole lot of time on it, but Malcolm and Marie was, uh, which is streaming on Netflix, was uh, yes, uh, very impressive considering that they did it uh, with Thank very uh, small crew and cast and limited storytelling. It was just all told through one house, and there was some very good acting. Uh, by both uh, the, 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 uh, John David, the yeah, John David can, Washington and Zendaya, the, the two uh, the two stars, and uh, directed by Sam Levinson. Apparently, goes by JD. Yeah, JD he goes by JD, and directed by Sam Levinson, uh, son of Barry, son of Barry Levinson. So not bad. Yeah, a lot of nepotism, a lot of nepotism <laughs> going on with that movie. But uh, uh, yeah, I thought it was uh, well executed. It kept my interest, and uh, I I did enjoy it. Did not love it. It's that there's no danger of it cracking my top well, ten. You know, of I'm the a year. big film snob, so obviously you, you, you I'm, I, it was like catnip listening to John David Washington talk about William Wyler and Gilo Pontecorvo and film critics. So I was just enraptured by all that stuff. So I loved it. Yeah, it is definitely a film nerds uh, movie, and I did appreciate all of that uh, that talk uh, about you know film history and and and, and knowledge and, and all that stuff. But he was a lot to take. But it was interesting, vacillating between the two of them, liking both of them at times, hating both of them at times, liking one and then the other. And there was a lot of that, a lot of grappling as, as if you were going back and forth, who you like, who you're pulling for. But to, right off the bat, when he came home, so the whole storyline, in case you don't know about Malcolm and Marie, is uh, he's a filmmaker and they're coming back from essentially like a premiere of uh, his latest film. Yeah. And the critics all love it. And uh, he is very, very excited and drunk. She is clean and sober. And they continue conversing throughout the night at this rented house out in Carmel Valley. Oh, really? Car- in uh, Central I California. Didn't know that. I thought it was. Yeah, that's where the house was rented. Oh, that's. Whoa, okay. Okay, yeah. Oh, but but it's actually set in the Hollywood Hills, right? But it's actually dumb, dummies. It- I don't know if it was supposed to be a Hollywood Hills. They. they, they Discuss how it's a movie. I mean, a house that was rented for them by the studio or by whoever you know put up the oh, right, right, yes, premiere yeah. or whatever. But I, I, I don't know if they ever tethered themselves to uh, to L.A. Uh, I looked up the house because the house is the house is almost like a character into itself. I think Greg. it's called the cat. Oh, hey, let me get your take it's on called this. the caterpillar house. Caterpillar. Yeah, yeah exactly, it. exactly. It's a it's one of these architectural marvels that people continue to study, and uh, I think you can tour it for a fee. It's beautiful. It's one of those houses. It's really beautiful cool house. Yeah. Beautiful house, loved it. Uh, let me get your take on because uh, I know you're a massive Woody Allen fan. What's your What's your take on uh, the whole Woody v Allen? What do you which, mean? Uh, I mean Allen v Mia. What? 
But something did he do something wrong? Alan V. Farrow. Oh no, it's what, it's the docu. Oh, I haven't seen it. I haven't docu series by Kirby Dick. I've I haven't. Yeah. On, uh, H- you checked it out. HBO? You checked it out. Did you mm-hmm. see a little? I watched the first two episodes. I'm not a massive I'm a, uh, endorser of yeah. such things where because it's it's literally titled Alan V. Farrow, mm-hmm. and there's very little verses going on. It's just Mia's account of Alan's wicked behavior. And when I say wicked, I mean that's almost downplaying it. I mean she's accusing him outright of uh you know touching their children so it's it's ugly as can be it, it, it's reminiscent of that uh, michael jackson uh mini little docuseries mm. uh that came out of sundance a couple right, years ago right. where it's just like you know firsthand accounts because they got dylan farrow in there as well telling her side of things which is pretty ugly but uh, I guess that they asked alan if he wanted to be a part of it but he didn't and uh, you know that, that there are people defending alan like uh his own son, adopted son, is is uh, defending him. But you're a giant Woody Allen fan. I, I was, I was, I, I've been imagining what I, how I'd be accepting dealing with this if it was Kubrick on trial. Yeah, how would you deal with it? Would you be still a, a massive Kubrick fan? I don't know. I don't think I could. I would. I am still. I don't know what it would do? I mean, I would still respect his work. I am still a massive. Obviously, I'm still a massive, massive, astronomical Woody Allen fan. Yeah, it, the it's writing is too, great because um, some film the, theorists love it, and uh, um, yeah, critics are also drawing a thread with all of his films. How they all center around underage, yeah, uh, very very young women, sometimes underage women, and uh, somebody got into his files, into his uh, into I, I there's there's a place that it's like the Academy of Motion Pictures, but it's not. I think it might be NYU. Some some place has all of his notes and all of his like drafts mm-hmm. of, of scripts that never got produced. Right. And, uh, many of those are like 16 year old girl. I mean, then he switches it to like an 18 year old girl. Then he goes back to a 16 year old girl. Underage girls are kind of the common thread here with his movies. So Manhattan. I don't know. Okay. Manhattan and Broadway. Danny Rose are my favorite Woody Allen films. Manhattan has him <laughs> romancing a girl who is, I believe Mary Hemingway was, Seventeen in the movie, I think her character was seventeen, but definitely mm-hmm. not of legal age. So that that thing has been around forever, and I just think he's just right. an art. I think he's a pure artist. The, the the DPs he worked with. Well, here they suggest that he's in a five year olds too. I mean, that's kind of the aim of of Alan V. Farrow. It's bad. yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's, bad. it's bad. It's real bad. But I I mean, he hasn't been convicted. Really he hasn't bad. been convicted. Okay, I I, nope. I can't believe I'm actually defending him. But I look. The thing is, I have. To, truth to tell, I am not as big of a Woody Allen fan as I have within the last, what, five, ten years? Just based because I I don't think a lot of his movies are as good as they were before. But I, I'm one of those people who I'll judge the movie by by the movie. There's one, there's more than one person attached to a film. There's actors. There's th- Yes, but moving forward, yeah. that's, that's interesting. But moving forward, let's say someone is uh, convicted of heinous, heinous child you know, destroying crimes. Do you, are you cool with, but they continue to somehow make movies like Polanski, I guess is an example. Uh, yeah. Do you continue to I, support I still, them? Like their, their future. I, I mean, I've seen, I've seen Polanski's the ghost writer. I've seen, I've seen a bunch of Polanski films after that whole, the, the rape situation. I continue. I love, I, I as mm. of a month and a half ago, mm. I purchased a Roman, Roman Polanski DVD test. I love it. I love his mm-hmm. work, him as a human being. Not love. I do not love him, but there are a lot of artists who have demons, and their art 
if it's commission and it's out there, I'm going to devour it. That's just the way, that's just where I, I understand mm-hmm. how some, I mean, Anderson, you're not, are you telling me you're not going to watch Knife in the Water mm-hmm. or Chinatown because of what he, what plants? No, that's my whole thing. Is like, I think it's okay to go back and appreciate what you've already seen, obviously, and stuff that they made before. I don't know. It's, it's all very, it's muddled water. I, you it, know what? It, it I really don't, is. here's the thing. If he's convicted of these crimes, of course, I mean, anything against a, a five-year-old kid is, is heinous and unforgivable and unconscionable. So I, I, as a viewer, would probably not go back and watch Woody Allen's films I don't again. know if you could. I, I mean, because of your couldn't. relationship with Claire, like, I don't think that you'd be able to sit yeah, there and no, watch something absolutely. knowing that the guy that wrote right. it, directed it, and a lot of times stars in it, well, like, you would imagine, you know... Uh, because because of your relationship with Claire, just how like I I, I, I was doing with Atticus, like I was imagining like him messing Atticus up for the rest of his life, and I it made me hate him. Yeah. But then I'd go back and be like, you know, this is not a court of law. This is a court of public opinion, which is, you know, he's being convicted public opinion. And I don't. I, it's kind of a, it's not a new thing. It's just more more blunt force trauma than it's ever is, been before. I think uh, you know people have been slandering yeah. and or or convicting people in the media and via you know various uh, artistic forms for, for eons. But nowadays it's just like, we're going to get people to, we're, we're going to make it a, a full four hour documentary where people are just saying these things happened and we're not going to hear the other side at all. Well, the thing is uh, just on an art- artistic level. I mean, I think most artists <laughs> are, you know, most humans are pretty effed up anyway. There's going to be, there's going to be skeletons in our respective closets. And I don't know how far the censorship will go. Are you going to still, you know, uh, appreciate, Medigliani, if he, but he was a misogynist, that kind of stuff. And all of this kind of, it's just a circular situation, which I said, you know, I just, mm-hmm. I appreciate the art, not the artist. And of course, when the line is drawn, for me, yes, the line is drawn when it's violence or, um, you know, just a, some kind of sexual contact with violence, even though, like, I sexual think contact if with somebody kids, murders someone, yeah. like a, sexual contact with kids, a director like murdered yeah. someone and was in jail, I, I, it'd almost be like, uh, I'd be curious to see like what came out of that mind, but as soon as you start touching, yeah, kids, of course, and of you course. know, from all my time on Loveline, I know what that does too. And I don't want to get all into it, you know. I I I do have empathy for people who that's their drive. I get, I don't want to get into all that, but and they most all of them were touched to begin with. Sure. That's what created them sure. and, and got them going down that path to begin with. So they're victims, and then they're re-victimizing, and it is very very selfish. But that's I, and I I know that they can't be fixed, and I don't I don't want to get into all that. But well, I uh, will agree with you. I think yeah, there is right. a line that will be drawn for me personally. Yeah, if I found out that Woody Allen or or you know it, like a, with a five year old, then definitely. I feel like if you were watching this and you were believing it, it's very, very convincing. And I do wow. tend to believe it. In fact, the wife and I had a, a bit of a, an argument because I was saying, you know what? I think it probably happened, but I wasn't in the room. And she's like, all these people are coming forward. I'm like, yes, I know. But still, there's you know, it's, there's, there's, there's a lot of play It's also here. very, very tough for me because the first time I actually interviewed Woody Allen was in New York. And I think it was for the movie Mighty Aphrodite. The night before the interview, I actually just wandered around New York, just walking the and checking out the streets where the the you know the opening shots of Manhattan were shot. That black and white film, and my favorite. Mm-hmm. So I was just and I was listening to the actual soundtrack, Rhapsody in Blue. I believe that's the, the soundtrack by Gershwin. So I had a rare, very romanticized view of Woody Allen back in the day. The next day, when I'm interviewing him for Mighty Aphrodite in the radio roundtable. As he starts to speak, and I'm really close to him, 
it took every every single piece of power I had not to laugh because as he spoke, I remembered his voice. I was thinking immediately to the opening moments of the VO in Annie Hall. So a lot of that stuff with Woody Allen is very, for me, is rooted in nostalgia. And you're right. I'm a huge Woody Allen fan. So I don't know. Maybe I should definitely see this Allen v. Ferro thing. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. maybe. I mean, I I guess because you love him so much, you should, just so you know which way to go. But uh, let me tell you this, like, you know, as, as bad as I feel for the vi- his victims, if they are indeed victims, which it seems like they are, I'm also feeling bad for the number of people like you who have this almost personal oh, relationship yeah, totally. with Woody Allen and his movies. And I, I, I would imagine that it's going to complicate oh, things. Dude, my, okay. oh, very, lastly, my sense of humor is directly cribbed from Woody Allen. That whole self-deprecating thing, total Woody Allen. So yeah. yeah, yeah, it's yeah, definitely yeah. I'm, I'm depressed. Can we end this now I'm, on this episode? I, 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 I let's move on and talk about <laughs> other kidding. things. Uh, <laughs> All right, let's talk about other things. There's an what uh, other movies? Yeah, I, I, I saw Silk Road, oh. which I uh, the Tiller Russell movie. I love his documentaries. Yeah, uh, the Operation Odessa, as well as the uh, Night Stalker uh, for Netflix, which came out. You were just, excited uh, last about this movie. Well. You were excited about Silk Road. I was excited about Silk yeah. Road. Uh, his first narrative, but not that great. Uh, not very good. Uh, it felt like a, a '90s rom com uh, as far as the way it looked, but it was a much more dark and gritty story about the uh, the dark web and uh, oh, no. the uh, the guy that uh, started uh, Silk Road. Uh, and the movie didn't really land uh, at all for me. So maybe it's growing pains. I don't know. Maybe, you you know, I know that the translation from documentary to narrative is not uh, n- not not a, an easy one by any. And this, I think this proves it because he makes a mean documentary oh, and no. uh, he does not make a mean narrative. So I would not recommend. Oh, that's sad. And uh, that's sad. I guess. Oh, Judas and the Black Messiah. I really, really uh, thought that was a fantastic movie. I liked it quite a bit more than the Chicago 7. And it'll be interesting to see what the Academy does with uh, with uh, those two. They're they're similar movies, but they're very different. One is very good, and one is very Hollywood uh, schlock almost. Mm. Uh, mm. But Bobby Seal is actually a character in both. Oh, oh. But Judas and the Black oh. Messiah, you have just Referred a high to. recommendation for you. Yeah, I didn't love it because it's not. It doesn't have rewatchability. It's not one of those yeah. movies, but the performances are fantastic. Uh, but there wasn't much levity there, and you know, it's not a movie that needed levity. Should have had levity because it's a very serious subject matter about uh, the assassination and um, uh, in the snitching on the uh, founder of the Black Panther Party in the mid '60s. Doesn't sound like a, the, a, the funniest movie, uh, and it wasn't. It was far from funny. <laughs> But that's what it takes for me to really love a movie. I need some levity. And, you know, I can point to Goodfellas and uh, Platoon. Those are both very heavy movies with lots of levity. So that was my only critique of uh, Judas and the Black Messiah. It was a very well-done movie. It deserves to be up for Okay, speaking of which, best picture, best films of the year. Did so? Is Soul still probably going to be in your top ten? Are you? Is it actually in the run? Oh, yes, okay. absolutely. absolutely. Ooh, okay, so absolutely. It's good. So, and you're... Are you you are you you're not really passionate about animation, but you appreciate the art of it. You'll watch it, and you'll. Yeah, I never know, Greg. I never know what's going to capture me. It's like a couple years ago, "Won't You Be My Neighbor?" It was a documentary about Fred Rogers. That was my favorite movie of the year. It's like whatever movie changes my perspective and moves me, makes me feel most is what I usually have as my number one. And Soul is in the running for number one. I'd really have to take. I'm going to have to take a look, obviously, like I do every year. But yeah, Soul is. 
I, I, if somebody told me right now the soul is going to be my number one, I want to say you're a liar. <laughs> it could very I well did be. not. I, I was a little bit mixed on soul. I, I was mixed on soul. I know you yeah, are. And I because your your soul is dead. <laughs> my soul is dead. My okay, okay. So roundabout way, blind spotting. Did you ever see blind spotting from 2018? I believe you yes. enjoyed it. Did you enjoy that? Yeah, I liked it quite a bit. A little rough around the edges, a little amateurish at times, but I, I did like quite a bit of Okay, now, spotting. do you know why I'm asking you these questions? Do you know why? Should I? Uh, I think you should. I think, should well, I? no, you know, I think you should, but you have a million commitments every week, Anderson, so I'm going to actually kind of surprise you with this. So the reason why I ask you these two questions yeah. is... I don't. I don't pick up on the. T- I'm, I'm not that bright, Greg. I, I, <laughs> hey, a few months ago, you kept saying you're thinking of ending things, and we were going to cover. <laughs> I'm thinking of ending things, and I had written it down and read about it, and I was excited to talk about it with you. And you kept saying the actual title, and I wasn't even. Well, I'm not. I, so yeah, I'm not that. Yeah, uh, I'm not. I'm not that bright either. Remember, I'm the Woody Allen fan. But here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Raya or Raya? Raya and the Last Dragon. As we speak right now, today on a Friday, it's available on Disney+. Plus. But you know this, Anderson, it's not available specifically on Disney+, Plus for free. You're going to have to pay it $29.99 for the, for the, uh, to watch it on, the, on its premium service. Seems deep. It is steep, but it's also in select theaters. So you can go to the theaters if, if your town is holding it, holding Raya and the Last Dragon. Or you can stay at home with your family or your loved ones and pay twenty nine ninety nine. I just told you I had a mixed review on Soul. If Ryan the Last Dragon was released last year, it would have absolutely been in my top 10 of 2020. And I haven't loved an animated film like this since WALL-E. That's how much I love Ryan the Last Dragon. And look, you have Atticus, I have Claire during the days and... Look, whenever she, I, I don't, I don't mind that movie Onward, but when she keeps on watching Onward or keeps on watching Up, I get a little bit tired of watching it. I, I sometimes I let her watch it herself for about twenty minutes because I, I can't, I can't mm-hmm. take it for the tenth or twentieth time. No, dis- no disrespect to those movies. Ryan the Last Dragon is one of those movies I could see a hundred, two hundred times, and I would not be tired mm-hmm. of. And one of the reasons, and I'm guessing this, is it's directed by Don Hall. Don Hall directed Moana, a movie I really enjoyed. But the co-director is Carlos Lopez Estrada, who is the director of the 2018 film Blind Spotting. So I'm thinking maybe he, if Blind Spotting's, I can't wait to actually watch blind spotting after watching Raya and the last dragon and uh yeah just a, it's close to it's pretty much a classic disney animated film for me and it's yeah mm. i yeah right. spend the 30 bucks i honestly spend the 30 bucks tell brian to spend the 30 bucks and then just for your tfe listeners review the movie i highly this is as big of a recommendation as i can get the writing's really good the there's a lot of action there's just a lot of act, a lot of swordplay, a lot of action, a lot, of, and it's a coming of age adventure, which you've heard a million times. But the way they frame this is yeah. beautiful. So, huge recommendation. So you like this? You like this more than Mulan? Is what you're doing? A hundred percent better than Mulan, and pro- yeah, 100%. yeah. I, Mulan's a zero, and this yeah, is no, no. This is like Mulan is to me is like a nine. Mm. I, I Mulan to me was an A movie. Even I'm one in the minority on this, but this movie is an A plus 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 five out of five stars. I can watch this. And by the way, Kelly Marie Tran, who played Rose Tico from the Star Wars movies, she's the voice of Raya. And yeah, and the Last Dragon is voiced by Aquafina. I am. I hope if you have twenty nine ninety nine. Check it out. What's so, it, what's good, so about good about it? it? It's just the fact that um, how, how do I say this? 
the main villain, without giving too much away, is a purple mist called the Droon or something like that. And the main villain in this movie is not even a, the biggest part of this movie. The The real villain is the actual, the people. It The themes of trust and how you empathize with the other person, especially when they wrong you. There's a lot of mature stuff going on, kind of like how Up deals with you know, just aging and mortality and all that stuff. And Wally deals with loneliness. Ryan the Last Dragon really mm-hmm. deals with the issue that we, we as people of all ages have with trusting other people when they have wronged us. So there's just it's just really packed with a lot of really interesting mm. themes to it. And the again, the action is fantastic in this movie. Yeah. Let me ask you this. If the, if you were told this was a Pixar movie, would you have believed it? Or would you, or would you have said, hey... It feels like no, yeah, no, it's not. I, I think I think it's one of these Disney, Walt Disney Animation Studios movies. I, I'm not very, I'm not an expert on this. I know it doesn't have the Pixar stamp, but it, but it okay. has. Well, I know it's not. I know it's not a Pixar movie. That's what I'm asking. What the difference is because this oh, okay, it's so underneath the Disney great... banner. It's made by Disney. It's animated, but it do, it looks and feels different from like a, what you would expect from a. Pixar I feel. Movie. I hate. Like, to I'm say not talking this. about necessarily the animation, yeah, but that I hate too. to say this. Sometimes Pixar gets a little bit too saccharine and sugary sweet for me and this movie it has maybe some of those moments but i think they edge it out a little bit it's a little bit grittier it's a little bit grittier than a pixar film so well like i said it's my favorite film since that pixar film wally right so i like this movie better than all the pixar films i've seen in the last decade so yeah definitely check it out my friend all right hold for helicopter hold for helicopter I'm oh. kidding. We're not oh. really going to hold. No hold. I don't no hold. People can hear the helicopter. But. All right. Uh, moving on. Also coming out March 5th. That was on my list, Greg. Uh, good. To, good. To highlight, good. to talk about. So I'm glad you did so uh, for so long. Doug Lyman has a new one coming out called Chaos Walking. The critics are not enjoying it, but the audience who's already seen it are. So it's one of those uh, Rotten Tomatoes split scores. Really? Uh, which, uh, by the way, I don't know if, about you, Greg, but I don't really, I, I try not to even look up Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, sometimes it's, you know, it's hard to avoid it. Uh, but yeah, I saw this is only 25% on Rotten Tomatoes, but it's 72% audience score. I saw The Five Bloods um, last week, which I'll be covering yeah, on the film ball next week, uh, which is Fantastic. Spike Lee's movie. And like critics love, love that movie. It. It's like a 90, high yeah. 90%, and it's like 54, I think, for the uh, audience members. I'm with the audience what? on that. It's a it's a terrible movie. It's a very terrible ungood, movie. But I'll talk more about Yeah, it's really, really From bad Spike- movie. It's not, well-made, not a well made m- m- movie at all. Spike Lee's a terrible director. I. <laughs> I hate saying that, but He's it's true. Terrible? It's just absolutely true. Really? It sucks. I really wish. Did you, you not see Bamboozled? Did you not see Bamboozled? Bamboozled is my maybe my least favorite movie of all time, Greg. <laughs> I can't. I can't. I'm not joking with you. It might be. It's top five worst movies I have ever ever seen. It is when is awful. Your, Anderson, is when's your birthday? Awful. When's your birthday, Anderson? When's God, your, I hate when, it. And it really, really upsets me that uh, Spike Lee is not a good director because he should be. Inside a good Man. Director, Inside Man. The Come movies. On. Inside Man. Oh, it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. But you got to think that Denzel probably directed a lot of that. <laughs> Look, there's we as a society we need Spike Lee to be a good director, and he's not. He's he got not. game. He got and game. I think that, you know his what? movies are. He got game. I have not seen. Good. What's, what's that movie? It, 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 he's he, do the right. And, uh, all right, let's let's just move on. Uh, so, anyways, chaos wrong. Uh, Tom Holland stars in Chaos Walking. Uh, walking March fifth in theaters. Chaos Walking. 
Daisy Ridley, uh, who I think you like a lot as well. It's a dystopian world uh, made by Doug Lyman. I will definitely give this a shot. Uh, however, it's it's only in theaters right now, which which just sucks. That's been the worst part of the movie uh, experience uh, mm-hmm. goes with yeah. this whole like uh, is when they still continue to say, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna show it in Georgia and Texas, but everywhere else you just can't see it." I mean, give us the VOD, uh, you know, option at yes. least uh, if it's gonna be limited. You know, that sucks. Uh, that that's that's difficult because I this is a movie I would have paid six bucks for to to see so I could talk to you about mm. it but I can't mm. you know what's oh. also coming out on what's also out on March fifth or actually came out on March fourth is this movie called Lucky and it's a horror thriller it's exclusively right now on Shutter and for our Patreon listeners by the way okay I interviewed director Lucky director Natasha Kermani the entire interview is up there for the page on the Patreon feed I'm gonna actually upload the video as well on YouTube, but if you're a Patreon subscriber, I actually asked her and we talked about the ending of Lucky and that video and audio, all that stuff will be exclusive to our Patreon community because the ending of Lucky, Love yeah, the L- Lucky centers on this woman played by Bria Grant. Bria, Bria Grant also wrote the script. She plays a woman, an author, self-help author who is stalked by a serial killer or just a killer and she kills him one evening or she, or he or seemingly kills him or or whatnot, um, or, or her, her husband does, and the killer disappears. And then day after day, it's kind of like Groundhog Day. She has to fight this killer on a daily basis. So mm-hmm. the ending is really cool. I talked to Natasha Kormani about it, and I'm not going to release any of that, any of that video, only to our Patreon subscribers. Is that funny at all, Greg? Yes, it's funny. Did, did it's dark, fun it's darkly comic okay, and it's good. it's very cool. It's a very cool movie on Shutter. Our our fr- friend of the show and and my buddy Bruce Porky, he really he really uh, did not like this movie and he sort of tore tore it apart. So he did not does not like that as well and sounds sounds about Sounds about <laughs> But it's funny though speaking of uh Doug Lyman like Edge of Tomorrow same premise, you Yes. Know, it's, oh, very like, interesting. Uh, yeah, right. And, uh, you know, that, 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 that worked cause it was so funny. Like they really had a good time with that movie and that premise. Uh, if you take it seriously, I think you're, you could be in trouble. Anyways, if the jokes worked there, maybe I would like that. Uh, speaking of jokes, Greg, watch me dovetail right into this one. As of today, right now at this moment, you can, we can all enjoy coming to America, uh, coming to America available on Amazon prime. If you're an Amazon prime member, it was obviously supposed to be in theaters, but it's a long way to coming to America. I had it high on my uh, expectations list. I love Craig Brewer, mm-hmm. the director and obviously Eddie Murphy and our, our senior hall. And, uh, they're not liking it so much on IMDb. It's, it's got like a 5.6 on there right now with uh, the first 2,500 votes mm-hmm. in or ratings mm-hmm. in, I should say, which is a little surprising, but, uh, I will be watching this coming to America. I like the original coming to America quite a bit. Hopefully it doesn't seem like a, uh, I heard Arsenio Hall and Stern and those are always, you know, really informative interviews. It's uh, Howard Stern does. And, uh, Arsenio was talking about how Eddie Murphy has been approached numerous times over the last four decades now to, to do a second coming to America. And he never liked the story and it was never right. And then finally, uh, it, it just seemed like it was a good story and it was right and it was worthy of the first one. Because the first one's great. The first one's classic. classic. Very, very good. Yeah. And I saw it at the, we were talking about uh, the I was, to, uh, Topanga Canyon. I saw it at that Topanga Theater you and I were talking about in Woodland Hills. I was excited America. about this this coming to America and I'm a little bummed out that's, to see that the rating is, is so low. But that is, uh, you know, no harm, no foul with the Amazon Prime for our Amazon Prime listeners, you can easily uh, just give it a shot and see if you. Uh, and it's like a mediocre film, and by the way. I saw it mediocre. 
doesn't doesn't. Oh, work. you did. Well, why don't you so cut I, me off? I just wanted and to say, hear, hey. I just wanted to hear you riff. You're you're, you're more interested. Jokes weren't good. He, did, he was looking for a script with a really good writing and a story, and I thought he should kept he should have kept looking because I didn't like the story. The he, he his character mm. his character and Arsenio's character is secondary to this new generation, and I don't like this. It's, it's this whole thing where you you bury the lead. And I, I didn't, I didn't think there was enough conflict. It didn't really explore his character very well. And it, it I, I wasn't, it didn't last. I, you know, they had the barber shop scene. Fantastic. Yeah, the barber shop scene. It's fine. It's fine. That's funny. But it, it's some. I like the callbacks. Nice callbacks. But it's the reason why that movie has a five point six rating on IMDb. I'm assuming the five out of ten. Those five points were nostalgia points off of love from the first movie so uh, yeah mm, it's that yeah, no, bad I mean, huh Craig Brewer's like he, he makes I mean, hits he also did he also Black Snake also Moan the reboot and, of uh, and, and, and Hustle and Flow you know he also did Foot, Footloose and probably this is one oh, of yeah he did yeah, Footloose I mean see that doesn't exist right, in my universe right, I, right. I just, but Brewer yes I cut things Brewer out is a very talented filmmaker oh, but I, I have a feeling that this was more more done in honor of the first movie and when you do that okay let's pretend lukewarm yeah lukewarm Let's pretend we didn't even talk about that because that was the wrong dovetail anyways. What I should have segued into, yes. Greg, was – and also talking about Doug Lyman's Edge of Tomorrow and yeah. uh, and uh, Lucky, uh-huh. which you were just talking about, repeating the same day over and yes. over again. Let's talk about John Carnahan's new movie that's coming out uh, oh, today as God, we record this, March that, yeah. 5th. John Car- Remember John Carnahan? We were all so excited after we made Narc and it's like, what, what else has this guy got going? And it's, it's been a little bit uh, moot no, since no, then. I mean, but, uh, Smoking Aces one- was awesome. I love Smoking Aces, don't you? Don't you like Smoking Aces? Moot is not the right word for and that. I, I, I misspoke. It's been a little bit loose. No, how are you, dude? Dude, dude you, you, you've been a Carnahan fan. I mean, the you loved you loved that one. The last thing he did, the one about the limo driver and Patrick Wilson. You love that one. You always you were. Oh, that's yeah, right. Stretch. What are you talking about, buddy? Yeah, Stretch is see? great. Look, that's right. On. Of course, Stretch. Thank you for Jocelyn. Craig, you're so good. You <laughs> even know what's on, in my man. head. The gray was good yeah, as well. The gray, we go. I, I like the gray. What are you doing? But like you know, then he makes the A team. It's like uh, the A team. He and Craig Brewer uh, doing Footloose in the A team. What are you guys doing? <laughs> but uh, you, but, cash but you said the gray and what? What the, the stretch? Right. So yeah, not bad. Stretch. Yeah. Stretch is good. Uh, this this should be good. Hopefully, hopefully. And then he's also level, attached yeah. to direct uh, uh, the Raid, which oh, is the a remake. Uh, yeah, yeah. A remake sounds, of Raid Redemption. Sounds like good. I love so. love the Raid Redemption. Yeah. All so. right. But we're not talking about any of that. We're, what we're talking about right now is his new one, boss which level. Gregor is yeah, called Boss Level. Yeah. Boss Level. Now, the poster doesn't intri- intrigue me at all. Uh, however, the story, you know, here's the storyline. A retired Special Forces officer is trapped in a never-ending time loop on the day of his death. Sound from Mill? Yeah. It does. Frank Grillo, Mel Gibson, Naomi Watts. And this is available on Hulu today. So uh, that's a movie that I... Hate to say it, but maybe I'll do that instead of coming to America. Hundred. Maybe I'll find something coming to America that 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 uh, you understand if you and the other twenty five hundred people. If you really want to waste your time, on, on if you movie. really want to have a forgettable 95, 97 minutes, I highly suggest the sequel, as opposed to Boss Level. So, yeah, I'm I'm sorry, sorry, sorry to be mean, but just <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I am actually getting a service out of this show, and it's a, a yeah, show that I you know, do with you. And you know what? I have changed my plans yes. this weekend. I am not going to be watching Coming to America. I am going to watch Boss yes, Level. Please instead. do, please do, please do. That's what the point. And of you the know, show listeners, is. you know, uh, cinematics listeners. If I'm wrong, please email Anderson. Tell me, tell us, tell him to go see Coming to America or coming. Yeah, it's still called Coming to America, right? But they 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 put a big two. My goodness, that's the 
genius behind this movie. I can't believe it. My I, I can't believe it. When I get really, I, I get really, I can't believe it. But no, no. It's, um, yeah. Tell me what, tell me what you think of Boss Level. I, I mean, if you asked me who made the better of the two, there's a sequel. There's two movies. One's John Landis, one's Craig Brewer. I'm going to go Craig yes, Brewer every yes, time. Yes, yes. But I guess I'm yeah, wrong. But no, but but like, look, we all know Brewer's talented. This is this movie to me is just him doing, uh, yo, yeah, Yeoman's work, Yeoman's work, right? Okay, so Yeoman. March twelfth, you got something for March twelfth? I know what you got. Well, a, a couple, a couple more, um, just real quick, a couple documentaries, Stray, which uh, Bruce uh, already mentioned, Bruce aforementioned, mm. Bruce Berkey. He he let me know that I'm gonna love this movie called Stray. Oh. Uh, I need what is to he watch a therapist? He knows he knows you're gonna today. love it. He does he is he a is he a fortune teller? It's a it. it's a movie directed by Elizabeth Lowe, and she's she went to Istanbul, Turkey, to film several dogs, and all all the movie does it's seven like seventy two minutes, and you just follow the dog with a camera. And I sound really I, I, I sound really like mean that. saying it, but it's an awesome documentary, and Bruce is co- co- completely correct. Stray is really really good, a really really good movie. Wait, why do you sound crazy for saying it? Or, or like, no, I said what, I, what I sound like I'm being negative about Stray, but I'm not. It's the the fact. That, oh, okay. And here's a good thing about it: it's not a talking head documentary. You just follow the lives of these dogs, and what whatever kind of dialogue you hear is sort of just within scattershot, or just the dogs dealing with these people. It's really well done. There was one about cats not too long ago uh, that's some, uh, oh, similar okay. to that. I, uh, I remember yeah, seeing it. And then also uh, The Truffle oh, Hunters, which is a, a French film about truffle hunting uh, pigs. Apparently, I've, I've been hearing very good things about that for months now, and that's finally available as of March 5th today. Uh, where it's available, I'm not sure. Greg, I will look know? it up for you as you're, you're speaking. I I just looked on. It's not, it's not showing. It's a documentary. It's only pictures New York City and L.A., which is weird because theaters are closed in New York City and Los Angeles. So what are you talking about? I hear only so, good things. What, about, does that, what does that even I, mean? I, have, I hear only good things about the Truffle Hunters. I've been meaning to see this. I've just been wrapped up with doing so many other things. We're watching other movies. Something that people should have on their on their radar, though. You because, love truffles. Uh, it's a, Come on. I've been, Evidently, it's not just about uh, truffles. It's a, a whole lot more. It's, a, it's deep in the forests of uh, Pledmont, Italy. A handful of men, seventy or eighty years young, young. Uh, come on, uh, <laughs> hunts for the rare and expensive white alba truffle, which to date has resisted all of the modern science's efforts at cultivation. Have, so the only way that they grow is in the wild, and they got to use uh, dogs and probably pigs. Because I know that a lot of pigs are used for finding those truffles, and uh, it'll probably, uh, you know, uh, I, I just heard really good things. And I said, you don't have to, I've, I've heard that you don't have to care about truffles. Oh to really and it. you know why it's already five stars for me? 84 minutes. Looks like a really cool movie. So. That means, that means you like Stray even more <laughs> yeah, in 72 minutes. Stray, you know what's funny, Greg? Yeah. I, I, I'm with you, too. And I wanted to, to, if I could talk real quick about about movie making and the process of it, like I, I with, with groupers. Is an hour and forty nine minutes. Now that's too long, and I and I realized that, and I did try and slim it down, but I really couldn't because the way that I told that story, I told it from five yeah. different vantage points, and there's five different stories, and we get a lot of overlap, and it was really really hard to make it any shorter. It, I really did try, but looking back, that's my biggest mistake. I would have liked to have brought it in at ninety minutes and, and shaved twenty minutes off, maybe from the script. I maybe I should have reworked it again. You know, I don't see how you could have done but, that. It's more like I always told you, it's like a Robert Altman tough. movie where all these things intersect. I, I would have had to drop one of the storylines or something, but I'm sure there's a way to do it. And with a small budget movie, uh, the only way to get recognition and and festival, it, it really goes a long way. And that's usually my um, first piece of, of of advice when I when I do any kind of consult, consulting with uh, first time filmmakers. Uh, 
I, and it's because so many people are like you and me that watch movies for a living, and the, the shorter oh the better. Gosh, the shorter yeah. the better. And the reason why I bring this up is I watched The Wizard of Oz with uh, my mm-hmm. son Atticus a couple days ago for the first time ever. And The Wizard of Oz is like an hour and 37 minutes. And I'm like, my movie, who do I think I am? <laughs> my first movie is 12 minutes longer than The Wizard of GD Oz. Those are the best movies because you, 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 you would think – you, if without you know, you would think that the Wizard of Oz ha- is a two-hour film because of all the story in it, right? Yeah, it feels like a two-hour because yep. there's so much going yeah. on. Yeah, but it's all, mm-hmm. yeah, it's so good. Yeah. yeah. So your next movie is going to be under ninety, right, or at ninety? I'm going to try and make it right around mm-hmm. yeah ninety. Yeah, yeah, for sure ninety. Good scan, yeah. especially comedy. You don't need a comedy to be longer than no. ninety minutes. No. And you, and, and remember, you, no, you need that no, his no. his girl Friday pitter patter, right? The back and forth. Oh, so good. Yeah. So good. A lot of back and forth. You got you to have that pattern. Yeah. All right. Uh, yes. March 12th. Uh, yes. Cherry, Cherry, uh, the long awaited Russo yes. brothers. Cherry, uh, also with Tom yes. Holland. Tom Holland is getting mm-hmm. a little watered down. No. He's everywhere. Cherry will become, now, speaking of long, this is two mm-hmm. hours and 20 some odd minutes, uh, but it's the Russo brothers uh, pet project. It's their passion project. And it's uh, it got released a couple weeks ago, but it's uh, uh, becomes available on internet March Apple 12th. Plus. So we'll be able yeah, to enjoy Apple TV that. Plus. That movie is, yeah, two hours, 21 minutes. Unfortunately, Bruce, our buddy Bruce, really hated the movie. Eric Holmes was me- mediocre on that film. I highly loved, I really loved the stylized. It's it's a very stylized narrative. And I, it was like a fever dream for me. I really enjoyed Cherry. I, I fell for it. it. I, I, and I'm a Russo Brothers fan. So I know your, your skin, your skin's gonna, you're gonna, now you're gonna go. So no, yeah, I, I love all those comic. Oh, they know what they're doing okay, behind yeah. the camera. I love I love those comic book films, but this movie is a really well done film. I don't know, Anderson, if you or, or Brian will spend two hours and twenty one minutes to uh, to talk about Cherry. I don't know. It's one of these things where probably one of you guys guys will have to take that swim to see if it's any good. But I loved it. Yeah, I loved it. Mm. Maybe this time next month, Greg, I'll be talking yeah, about I Cherry. Hope so. And it, but I just want to let everyone know if uh, you're a Russo Brothers fan. If you, hey, listen. If you're, I, I can't imagine you're listening to this if you're kind of a casual movie-going sure. fan, but a lot of casual movie-going fans, right, uh, they like their tentpole franchise movies. And you might as well see what those directors would like to have made, you know, because what, what, what they make out of, out of love and passion for, for movie-making rather than what they make for a paycheck, which they still gave it their all, obviously, with uh, the, the Avenger movies. I mean, they, they were way better than they had to be, yeah, I think. Fair enough, yeah. But... Uh, you know, like, why don't you want to check out? But I can't imagine that we have any casual movie, you know, lovers that listen to this. I think most most people that listen to this are pretty, you know, pretty well invested in the whole movie yeah, experience. Yeah. Are you about a, movies, so? I don't yeah, know are you a huge to. fan of Anthony Hopkins? Do you like him? Do you respect him as an actor? Do you love his performances? That kind of stuff. He, he's a, he's he's, he's, he's alright. And I don't I don't like seek out his movies. Uh, you know, he, he's, he's, he's okay. He's okay. He, he's okay. He, <laughs> I mean, I see you know, I've seen I've seen plenty of his movies, but uh, I think my eh? yeah. You ever see the movie he directed? Yeah, August loved it. Beautiful score. No, the other one. Oh, the the, the time thing with Christian Slater, time split or something. I don't know what that was. Yeah, it's slipstream or something. So yeah. bizarre. Is that what it's yeah, called? Yeah, that's it. That's uh, it. Split, slipstream. Slips, yeah, slipstream. Slipstream. Yeah. I don't know what. So oh, bizarre. Really? Is it any good? It, I oh, enjoyed. You enjoyed it. Oh, okay. Oh. I think it's split slipstream. Anyways, Anthony yeah. Hopkins. Yes, the, the father. father. Yeah, he, it's a, it's about a Londoner yeah. who has dementia. Are you going to see this, Anderson? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I might. I I, I don't like the subject matter. Of course, of course. Yeah. How many movies do we need within three years of people losing the old old men losing their minds? I, I mean, how no, many do I we need? ended up really loving this movie. It's it comes out 
March 12th expands. It's already in New York and LA, but expands nationwide on March 12th. And it goes out, I believe, on sort of digital on-demand VOD thing on March 26th. And if you're a fan of Anthony Hopkins, I, I this is one of his best performances. This is so good. And look, Chadwick Boseman, we all know he's going to get the Oscar for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, right? I mean, that's just pretty much a given. I feel, and that, that'd be awesome if he gets it or when he gets it. My favorite performance from 2020, I think the best performance is from Anthony Hopkins in The Father. So if you are a fan, this is a must-see of Anthony. Just tour de force okay. performance. So that's March 12th, The Father. The Academy going to like it? The yeah, Academy yes. going to give it to yeah, us? Oh, I know the Golden Globes did, but they don't exist in my world anymore because uh, they, they had a, a play that was documented up for uh, best film, so they're no, they no longer exist. Not that they really existed to me and, much before anyways, the Golden And Globes. by the way, I've never gotten along Silly. with most of those Hollywood foreign press people. You know, I don't know if you knew, you knew this, but I actually almost got into a little bit of a tussle with one of them at a screening. This guy told me, yeah, what? this guy with told who? me, um, I was, I was, uh, the, yeah, I was at a screening with my mother and I, uh, I, this guy was trying to take the seat. I said, that, you know, that seat's taken and he, he said, he tried to pull some rank on me. I said, get out of here. If not, it's not, it's not going to be good. I got really, I, I said, said that, I, I said that, no, I said, I told that guy to get, told that person to just get out of here. Who, I, I don't know. I don't know. Guy? It's just one of those, they, they've just always been, this is back in the day, but a lot of these HFPA people, they, they're just eccentric and they have a little bit of an attitude and people, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not, I'm not out of pocket here. A lot of media people like me have really bad relationships with the HFPA. So when, when this whole thing about there's no, there's no a black media members, no black members in the HFPA, look, it sucks. Absolutely sucks. But whatever negative press that they can get, the better. So I've just had a, yeah, that's uh Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. They have no black no black members, but they do nothing but vote for the, the black nominations yeah. that they have, right? I heard that uh, it was pretty much very, very black heavy, so it seems like they got a lot of white guilt over there at the and HFPA. You know, the reason why Golden Globes, let's, let's face it, it's it's a great award ceremony, right? It's fun. You get all those people. And it's esteemed because of over the years. So they're pretty much covered under that umbrella, but all of those people, they get all the nice gifts from all of the studios and the actors and everything. So a lot of people kowtow to them, the celebrities and studios. Mm-hmm. Because of the Golden Globes, Lob- lobbying, lobbying, literally and, lobbying, and those people—if they were a little bit nicer, that maybe I, I would have—I would change my tune. But just the HF, the people Good I've met, just have not been—I'm not been a fan of. I don't know what it is about me, Greg, but I love to hear that uh, people are bad, terrible. <laughs> I, I don't know why. It's something excites me inside. I'm like, oh yeah, that guy's a, that yeah. guy's an a hole. Oh, I love yeah. it. Tell me more. I don't know why. Yeah, why do I like so- that? I should want everyone to be nice and everyone to be good. <laughs> it would be, yeah, but uh, that's that's uh, that's my experiences with those HFPA people. And that's why probably the only thing I, I'll watch in the Golden Globes is if Ricky Gervais or I'll just watch the opening monologues or something on, on YouTube. But that's as far as I go, as far as Golden Globes. So March 12th, Greg. I got uh, yeah. another couple here. I, How about that's you? That's it for March 12th for me. Oh, you got no more? Okay, I got two. They're more antidotes than anything else. There's one coming out called Yes Day. Yes Day. Mm. And uh, I, I would imagine that you no. saw this on your... Uh, yeah. on, it's, it's a family yeah. film. Uh, it comes in at a scant uh, 86 minutes, Greg. So you like that. Jennifer Garner, Edgar Ramirez, and uh, Jenna Ortega are the uh, the leads in this, uh, directed by Miguel Yeah, and Arteta. the reason why you picked it was because and he directed The Good Girl, right? Because you like Arteta as a director, and maybe... No, I, I'm not familiar with any of his work, and this poster looks uh, vile. It <laughs> no, well, looks Arteta's, awful. It's a, he's, it's a family. He's smiling. a good director, Arteta. He did that uh, that movie, The Good Girl, with with uh, what Jennifer Aniston years back, and he's interesting. Okay. But uh, yeah, yesterday that comes out next week, 
and yes day. It's yes called yes day. The reason why I bring it up is because. Uh, here's the, here's my antidote. Uh, I, I do little, uh, short, uh, videos with Atticus each, uh, week and, uh, it takes longer than I like to admit. It's probably upwards of six to eight hours. Each, each little episode that I do, uh, takes me that to shoot it, uh, and then to uh, edit it and sound mix and all that stuff. I, even though you can't tell a sound mix sometimes cause I still screw up, but I'm getting it down. I'm getting it down and it keeps me. Um, active with the production side of things as silly as that sounds it's not like riding a bike if you stop editing um for even just a few weeks like you definitely lose your edge and you're much slower so it's something that i'm trying to do while atticus is not in school and it's called addy and andy and as you know greg you see some of them i put i put i try and put i I do put a new one up every thursday for a while there was every tuesday and then i took a few weeks off and now it's every thursday and uh one of the episodes, I, I like coming up with the ideas with them, obviously. And, you know, we do diff, something different, something, a different theme every single week. And uh, one of the episodes was called The Yes Video. And it was where for 30 minutes, we're going to be in the garage. And anything that he came up with that he wanted to do within the confines of the garage, I would say yes to. And it was a fun little video. I had a good time making it with him. And I think I might do a second one where I, I let him do stuff outside of the garage. You know, whatever he wants to do for, like, say, an hour, I'll say yes to it. It might mean, like, driving cool. somewhere or going in the pool, even though it's cool. I don't know. It'll be fun, though. I'm going to do a second one. Somebody had the same idea before I did, obviously, <laughs> and they decided to make an entire feature out of it because that's what the storyline so is funny, here. Right? Uh, these two parents yeah. decide to let their kids just say yeah, they're going to say yes to whatever their kids say for 24 hours. And they made an entire feature-length film about this, <laughs> but with the same uh, concept. That's pretty so, cool. Uh, that is pretty cool. I don't know how to feel about that. Yeah, I feel, should feel good. I, I never, it never did occur to me before I knew about this movie, when I came up with the idea to do a dumb little video with Atticus in the garage, did I think, hmm, maybe there's something more here. You should buy, <laughs> but apparently you should there by was. default watch it on Netflix when it comes out. Again, like you said, it's only 86 minutes. I'm kind of curious. It's six minutes, like you said. I, so why not? Give it a shot. I mean, as soon as I let myself start thinking, like, okay, let's turn this yes thing into a 90-minute, like, uh, narrative, uh, it goes to, like, dark comedic places immediately, immediately. So I think it's going to be much different than that. I, 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 I think I'll be disappointed. What, what I really appreciate, uh, Greg, in, in movies, and I was telling this to the wife the, the other day, are things that, like, I would have never thought of. Like, that's what I really appreciate. When it, if I see anything that I would have thought of my own, I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't hate it. I just don't really respect it. Nice, much, you know what nice. I mean? Well, who, who knows? Maybe, maybe are you going to watch it with Atticus, maybe? Check it out. Uh, maybe. I don't know. Where, where is this thing? Where, where is this yesterday? I, we should get better at that too, letting people know exactly where. Oh, Netflix! That's not, that's not uh, Netflix on March on uh, March twelfth. Netflix. Um, that's a Netflix film. So, yeah. All right, March twelfth. Netflix. Yeah. Nice. So, nice. nice. Maybe I will pop it on for Atticus just out of curiosity. If he likes and, uh, it. Yeah, we'll, we'll so. see. Uh, and then finally, for March twelfth, once more, uh, this is an anecdote, not a uh, not a recommendation by any uh, by any means, but Lamb of God, the concert film. Um, when I saw this, I thought, oh, how nice. Uh, Lamb of God, the the death metal band, is finally getting their concert uh, film. And that's not what this is at all. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but there is a, a death metal band called Lamb of God, Greg. And there's a very good documentary that uh, I watched earlier last year, uh, which was supposed to be a, a documentary about the tour of Lamb of God, which is a very hardcore death mm. metal band. Uh, but the singer got accused of uh, murder at one of his shows uh, outside the country so when they did go back to that country to do the to do a tour they were immediately arrested the whole band was so it was a fascinating documentary um called uh let the palaces burn no as as the palaces burn not to be confused with let the fire burn but as the palaces burn very good documentary 
Um, and I thought that this was all these years later, they finally did a concert tour uh, documentary. But no, Lamb of God is an actual religious um, symphony, something to do with... Do you want me to try to get you the screening link to, the for you to check it out, maybe, and compare? Compare and contrast? I'm good. It's, it's the actual, <laughs> the original Lamb of God. Yeah, just have your communion, a little uh, holy water. I can say that because I'm Catholic, folks, by the way, so... So, so don't be confused uh, for Lamb of God fans that this is anything. Other nice than double we're... feature. Nice double it's feature. Yeah. Uh, March 17th. I doubt you have anything no, on March no, 17th, Greg. Zero. Zero. I do real quick. Uh, Operation Varsity Blues is the story uh, about, I, I have so little interest in it. I can't even tell you the names of the people implicated, but as we all know, some Hollywood bigwigs, uh, uh, paid to get uh, their children into Ivy League schools and USC, and they got caught, and they did prison time. And there is a uh, documentary called Operation Varsity Blues that's going to be available on Netflix March 17th, directed by Chris Smith, who uh, you might know from the uh, one of the Fire documentaries, as well as American Movie, which oh, I absolutely yeah, love yeah. that documentary. And he was one of the producers on Tiger King, so he's got a good track record. Operation Varsity Blues. Varsity Blues available March 17th and it's a deep dive into the methods used by Rick Singer to get the children of his wealthy clients into top school. Yeah, I I don't care about the story, but I'm sure some of our listeners would like to. I'm just that. excited for Zack Snyder's Justice League on HBO Max on the next day on March 18th. Get out of I here, am Greg. a huge Please. I am Please a leave. huge I'm gonna, I'm 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 a huge Zack Snyder fan. I love all of his movies. I enjoy I enjoyed Justice League enough, but I was wondering how could be made better. Of course, Zack Snyder is, is going to make it into a four four hour. The only way that can make be made hour, better, no what? jokes. Yes, all jokes aside, is if, if the runtime is significantly four, um, four, reduced, which is not hours, the case. Man. It's going to be a blast. It's going to be a masterpiece, and it's. I, are we? Are they using this as some kind of military no, um, no, no, weapon? This, no, this is. Are they going to? Are they going to like uh, c- capture uh, known terrorists and, and try and get like secrets out of them by? Forcing them to watch this Clockwork Orange style. Yeah, like, what is the point you of this? Right? You, I'm sure you love, well, look, look, Watchmen 300, maybe? Like any of those movies? 300 was okay. It was like, wow, this is kind of something I've never seen before. I hope I don't ever see it again. I, I, I should have I seen it coming that they're like, hey, let's do that. Batman versus Superman. Superman extended make cut. You didn't like that? You didn't like the director's cut? Almost three hours? I think three hours. No, Greg, I never saw. Oh, I never saw. Greg, I, I've Man been avoiding. I've been avoiding. I think I. I think I saw Man of Steel, and I, the Zack Snyder stuff oh, does so little does. for me. Like nothing. It really it does, does nothing yeah. for me. I mean, if all I could do is watch Russo Brothers and Zack Snyder films, I'd be fine. I'm, I'm, that's a joke. But uh, yeah, I don't mind those guys. I don't, I don't, I, I've turned the page. I've turned the page, Anderson. I, I, I now, as I'm turning 50 in September, I, I, I am now embracing the commercial side of movies. So yeah, studio doors, open up your doors so I can see your big bloated budgeted movies because i'm excited for these blockbusters right so yeah I, i'm different now sad it's a sad sad uh sad tale anderson what do you think are you gonna watch justice league kind of okay <laughs> no 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 okay well, greg no yeah well i mean what you know you have a, i mean you have a you have uh you have people who are your friends who listen to you man they might want to say hey anderson you got to listen to you know you got to watch uh, this movie so you might have to uh no i have friends yeah, greg yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
Why would friends tell me that? Friends care about me. Friends are nice. Okay, so anyways, it's March... All right, I got two more movies. March 18th. That's on HBO Max. I, I'm trying to think of other movies. There's another movie on March 19th, which is... I, I Well, you, you know Joel McHale, and I love Carrie Bish or Bishay. I, I don't know. I, I liked her in Halt and Catch Fire or something, that series she was in. And they're in, they, star, they play a happily married couple in Happily. And what happens is... When a visit from a mysterious stranger leads what to... What is the a, name of this? What is the name of this? It's called Happily. It comes out March 19th. Um, yeah, and they're, you know, their friends are jealous because they're a happy couple. But it says here, quote, When a visit from a mysterious stranger leads to a dead body, they begin to question the loyalty of their so-called friends. So that comes out on VOD and digital March 19th. I do like the two lead actors in Happily. I'm actually going to see it later this weekend because I have to do an interview on Monday but we'll see if it's any good I'll, I'll report back so yeah. right. and remember whatever interviews I do it, it goes onto our cinematics Patreon feed so which is a good thing yeah and uh, anything else yeah, for March 19th another, Greg don't disappoint me here called Benedict uh, the, the Courier with Benedict Cumberbatch it looks like a it's a spy thriller it's a true True to life spy mm-hmm. thriller, a thriller about a businessman mm-hmm. played by Benedict Cumberbatch who's recruited to uh, you know MI six and uh, you know all that stuff. And Rachel Brosnahan is uh, for Mrs. Maisel or something like that. Is she's a CIA operative? It's, she stars in this one as well. Should mm-hmm. be interesting. The Courier, and I think that's the only thing I have uh, on March nineteenth as far as what? yeah. Do you have something good? What? Yeah. What? what? Greg. Greg. Did I miss something? Greg. I, I said. I said. Justice. Do you know who? Tom Gormican is Tom Gormican. No. Tom no, Gormican. Who Tom, Tom Gormican made a movie. Made a movie back in 2014 called That Awkward Moment. Oh, I remember that. Liking that. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. He hasn't done anything since. He's been biding his time. Actually, he did something called Ghosted. He was he wrote on something called Ghosted, uh, which I don't, I don't I don't I don't I don't like the term Ghosted. I guess it. it it works well for what it says, but I don't like new terms because I don't like new things because mm. I'm an old man oh, is he ghosting you yeah he stopped calling me yes <laughs> oh he ghosted you no yeah yeah he, he stopped calling me yeah that's that's ghosting he ghosted you okay yeah call I guess he ghosted me then yeah but that doesn't even work because ghosts are still yes, around sir. yes yeah, right that's yeah. the whole point of a ghost is like they're supposed to die and leave I never use that term and then but they, they don't leave they, they, they're ghosts now they're hanging around your hall so ghosting doesn't even work stop it with a ghost I never ever mentioned ghosting but uh I don't know what what no, I don't know what movie you're 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 uh, talking about here. And, uh... Lionsgate is releasing a film called The Under. Oh, the under. Okay, you just you just heard my. Uh, I'm so, I'm the worst. You just heard my uh, uh, dyslexia come out. I I, I saw I, I read B's as D's because they look like D's a lot of the time. And uh, I did that just now, even though this is a movie I've said the title before because I was talking yeah. to somebody about it. The unbearable weight of massive talent, the unbearable weight of not massive talent, not the unbearable, because that's what I saw. God. Having the dyslex sucks, mm. Gregor. No worries, My apologies. No sucks for people who have to do shows with me as well. I, I apologize. But the unbearable weight of massive talent is that please uh, don't mind that trash can uh, collector, also known as a garbage truck going by. Uh, this is a movie. Here, I'll just read it. This is fantastic. A cash-strapped Nicolas Cage agrees to make a paid appearance at a billionaire superfan's birthday party, but is really 
an informant for the CIA since the billionaire fan is a drug kingpin and gets cast in a Tarantino movie. This sounds like a movie oh, I need weird. to see. Yeah, that's weird. I, I you know, it, I, I looked on my Gmail and it, uh, that movie actually did not show up on my Gmail. Nicholas Cage stars as well as Pedro Pascal, uh, known for ruining uh, uh, Wonder Woman, which apparently someone could do. I, I, I heard, <laughs> and uh, he also is a Mandalorian, uh, as far as the voice goes. And then Neil Patrick Harris is also in this. I gotta hope that. Uh, well, Nick Cage is playing himself. They don't say who Neil Patrick Harris is playing, but when he does versions of himself, that's fantastic. Uh, Tiffany Haddish is also in this. And uh, I am excited. I am excited. I love the meta. I love it when meta movies are done, uh, especially if they're done right, whether it's a character playing a version of themselves, like we've seen uh, with uh, Armstrong and uh, Neil Patrick Harris and uh, yeah. Harold and Kumar. Uh, and then uh, This is the End. Was it This is the yeah. End? There was yeah, two movies the that end. came yeah, out that's that year. It. Where they're all playing versions of themselves, or oh, the end. There's two. There's one by Edgar Wright, and then the other one was James Franco. And all. Hey, either way, you know yeah, the yeah. movie I'm talking about, right? Where they all played versions yeah. of themselves. Yeah. So uh, hopefully, this is this is also very good. Hopefully, uh, March 19th, it is going to be released limited. I don't know when it's going to come to us VOD, but hopefully, this is a movie that this uh, is weird. Yeah, there's. Uh, is as good as well. Here's the thing: pitch. no crit, no reviews on Rotten Tomatoes, and it's just really under the radar. And I, I'm looking for a website. I don't see anything. So it's, but it says like you're right. It says March 19th. So we'll see if it's any good. We'll see if uh, even the poster. Look at the poster. The poster is just the letters weird. written out to unbearable weight of massive yeah. talent by Tom Gormican, and Keith Eaton, I mean, he, Kevin, Kevin Eaton. God, the writing, the reading. Yep. I can't even say reading. I yeah, said writing. Uh, who, mess. Yeah, this is a weird. A this is a mystery crack. of a movie. It's interesting that it's who, who knows. Maybe it'll. You gotta love yeah, the premise. Great though. premise. Great premise. And it's sort of like uh, maybe who knows. Maybe it might almost be good. Be as good as adaptation. Who knows? And, who knows? Like, Ke- and Kevin Kevin Eaton uh, comes out of the workaholic uh, canon. Oh, a workaholic. Okay. Yeah. Workaholics. Okay. Cool. Workaholics. All right. Uh, March twenty sixth. Yeah, we on, moving on. Moving on. I have exactly three more movies. I know I said two earlier, but that's also me just okay, cool. fumbling. And I, I've had a bad last 10 minutes. Oh, okay, I no, no. Oh, yeah. I, I, I guess the only thing I have is Godzilla versus Kong. I just want to see it when it comes out on HBO Max just to see it. I didn't see the last Godzilla. Yeah, that's the kind of movie you should watch in, on, on a tablet, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't mind the tablets. Didn't. Why would they not wait for the, uh, for the summer? I know. Why would they not wait I just know. a couple more months and wait for like theaters to open up like they're mm. going to China? Right now, China's open at twenty five percent, and apparently, uh, all the tickets are sold out. Like you can't get a movie ticket in China right now because people are flooding back. But they're only at twenty five capacity, twenty five percent. But uh, when are you going to start going to theaters, I'm Anderson? What do you surprised. think? What do you think? What's as soon as as soon as they're open? I mean, I, they got it down. It's safe. It's very safe. I'm not sitting anywhere close to anybody. I'm keeping my mask on. It's disinfecting everywhere. I'm not concerned. I'm much more concerned about getting it at the supermarket. Oh yeah, yeah. And is, uh, is everyone, is uh, members of your family taking the vaccine? Everything good? Everything cool? No, we uh, haven't taken the vaccine. Uh, honestly, I'll take it. Like I, I'd take it last. I'm, I'm, I'm going to take it, but I'm not like in any rush because I feel like I'm pretty, knock on wood, pretty safe. I'm very, very careful with Attica Zandai. Like we're constantly lathering up and wearing the masks and staying away from good. people. So it's good. Very good. Uh, so yeah, that's March thirty first that becomes available, oh, right? Godzilla, Godzilla vs. Kong, March twenty sixth, March yeah. twenty sixth. So yeah. Oh, that's right. Movie Insider Universe. had it wrong. 
It, they have it March 31st for whatever it. reason. But yeah, it's yeah. March 26th. Uh, yeah. I got two more that come out March 26th. Uh, and I'll let you know about those two right now. One is called mm. Nobody. You heard about the Nobody? No, I had no idea about Nobody. Nobody is uh, starring Bob Odenkirk, and it's a bystander who intervenes to help a woman being harassed by a group of men becomes the target of a vengeful drug lord. Starring Bo- uh, Bob Odenkirk, who uh, apparently is uh, the, the nicest man working in Hollywood. Mm. I, I, heard, I, I, I get, yeah. Christopher, Christ, Christopher Lloyd is also in this. He plays. Uh, he plays Bob Odenkirk's father. We haven't seen Christopher Lloyd in a while. At least I haven't. Uh, Oh, interesting. I like the poster. It's Bob Odenkirk, uh, very beat up, and there's a bunch of fists uh, towards his head. But what's the reason why I really pulled this is because the director is Ilya mm-hmm. Nashuler, Nail yeah. Schuler, and he is responsible for a little movie called Hardcore Henry. Oh, Hardcore right. Henry, which is a movie I'd never, I'd never seen a movie like Hardcore Henry before. I don't think he's making this one in the same sense, which is all first person. Uh, POV, which Hardcore Henry was. Hardcore Henry was right up there with uh, Mad Max Fury Road as far as like how did people not die while making this movie. It's in, The amount of stunt work is insane in Hardcore Henry. Uh, but this is uh, a movie that he uh, has made called Nobody. Uh, which is the first feature he's made since Hardcore Henry, which was uh, six years ago now. So I am excited about Nobody. You know what's Greg. weird is it was, it was supposed to be released earlier this year in February, and it was pushed back. And yeah, anyways, it, yeah, it should, should be. I, I I never watched Breaking Bad or or what the Better Call Saul stuff or any of that stuff. So I don't know. It should be. And I, I, I never got to see Hardcore Hen- Henry. So should be. Hey, but you know what? Uh, but you know what? Ninety-two so minutes, so that's that's not so bad. And like you said, you know, Connie <laughs> Nielsen, Christopher Lloyd, not 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 so bad. I think I'm going to try to hunt that down as well. So, and then finally, uh, my last pick, Greg. This is going off. I rarely do this, but um, this is IFC IFC Films. It's going to be available VOD on demand. Uh, unlike nobody, which is only uh, in theaters, Universal Pictures nationwide. It goes uh, March 26th. So I guess. Unless theaters are open by March 26th, which they might be at, at mm, uh, limited mm-hmm. capacity. Who knows? Maybe I get to see nobody in the, in the theater. Maybe that'll be the first movie I go <laughs> see. Who knows? But um, the, my last movie that I want to talk about is called Six Minutes to Midnight. And what I was starting to say is it's rare that the log line gets me invested in a movie, but that is the case with this one. It is this. Listen to this, Greg. UK, United Kingdom, August 15th, 1939. 17 days before World War II, an English teacher and his camera disappear on a coastal boarding school with 20 German teenage girls. 20 teenage German girls. Miller, played, and this is a new guy, played by Eddie Izzard, gets the job six days later, and he secretly tries to find out what in the world happened to this guy's camera and, and, the, and the 20 German teenage girls. Uh, this is a movie... Co-written by Eddie Izzard, who he's a talent, and uh, Judy Dench, James uh, Darcy, and uh, Jim Broadbent. Got a great cast. Uh, I am interested in this movie. Six Minutes to Midnight, drama thriller, uh, directed by. If Andy you got a Goddard. screening link, would you actually watch it? What do you think about yeah, that? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I could watch it on my TV, I don't like to watch things on the computer. How, did you try your iPhone like I do sometimes? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> well, you know. No, you're not kidding, Greg. Come on, I'm kidding. I'm not. I'm kidding. I swear. Andy Andy Goddard, namely, uh, directs uh, TV like Downton Mm. Out, Abbey, and uh, Doctor Mm. Who. 
but uh, yeah, I like I like the setup of this. It's it's mysterious, mm. Greg. Mysterious. So yeah, looks like some really interesting movies coming out in March. Many of which I will uh, track down and watch. One of which is not coming to America. I guess oh. I've decided. And, uh, thank you again, Anderson, for another uh, wonderful monthly chat because uh, you you continue whenever we meet each other every month you help me open up my emails i open up this email from february mm. 17th ifc films six minutes to midnight i'll work on getting us screeners for that mm-hmm. so you're, you'll get one you'll get one cool at the end of the month so yeah 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 thanks so man. should be fun thanks greg hey it's always great talking movies to you sorry that i kind of spaced there towards the, end of the last 15 20 minutes a little space? bit all over the place yeah no you're not. All over the place. i'm spacing uh, oh, and I apologize, space. listeners, for my I, take on Woody Allen because that's how I feel. And uh, yeah, <laughs> did I just did I, did <laughs> Sorry, I, did I dig myself in further hole down down the down the thing? Yeah, I feel like if you're watching this uh, <laughs> Allen verse, I think I would have I would have watched the first episode and gotten the the gist and stopped watching. The wife wants to watch it, so we are watching it together, uh, like on Friday or Sunday okay. nights. Uh, but it's much like the Epstein uh, mini mm-hmm. docu-series. It's just really gross and ugly. And uh, you don't hear I, – I like stuff where you hear both sides. Even if they're guilty of sin, I like to hear them at least try to f- defend themselves. And like what – I don't like just one-sided uh, – I don't want to call it a hit piece because it could very well mm. be true. But, you know, like A.J. Ben, AJ Benza, yeah. you know, fame ain't a bitch. Like he he's completely on Woody Allen's side. He says it's all Mia Farrow and she's insane. And she's been turning these kids against uh, Woody ever since the – do you know about the Polaroid pictures oh, yeah. of yeah. Sunyi? Yeah. Yeah, ever since she found those pictures, she's been uh, one-track minded just trying to destroy Woody Allen for like decades. Like, and that's his entire theory behind it. And, you know, like everything else, and the problem with society at large today is with this – all this information we get, and we get so much information, we all decide that we know sure. what the truth is. And the truth is this. We're not in the room. So until a, like a court it actually goes through a proper trial type thing, I think we should be really guarded as to what we absolutely and totally believe. We're not in the room when these things happen, whether it be politics and political deals and or, or you know, molestation, as is the case in, the, you know, we're not in the room. We should believe the victims for sure, but we don't. I don't think we should start well, convicting people you know, until in they're fairness, actually convicted. It's just, it, you know, but in fairness, Woody Allen, in my opinion, is one of the best writers <laughs> to ever come out of uh, in cinema. Period. In fairness, he's a great. He's, he's a great, great artist, artist. But if I see this doc, and who knows, maybe my opinion of him will drastically change. Of course, I'm going to probably not watch his movies moving forward. There's that said, you know, we'll see we'll see what I it'll be interesting to see what I think of this. So, yeah, I'll check it out. Yeah. Yeah, right. check it out, Craig. I I, I hate to even say that cuz I no, don't want to ruin. I, I'm, I'm you know, I'm, but I'm 50. It's time I start uh opening my eyes to a lot of things, right? So maybe I should take down my Polanski and Woody <laughs> Allen posters in my room. I'm sorry, listeners. I'm gonna, I might start taking it down and hey, replace them with something. Okay. <laughs> That'd be so weird if you had <laughs> right. Polanski. And, were you asking me when my birthday was earlier? Yeah, we yeah. I was asking you something? when your birthday was. Well, because Why? you said the worst movie. Uh, what was the worst movie you said? Yeah, what was that? The, oh. uh, the bamboozled. And then I, I was, and then you were gonna Bamboozle, answer yeah. when you, if you were gonna. I, I don't. I, by the way, I don't know when your birthday is, but I would have sent you May. Okay, May. so uh, in May I was gonna say that uh, I'm gonna buy you buy you a DVD. Oh. Send me a send you, send, God, no, 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 not of that. I'm going to send you, know, you something really... of this movie called Ed, which stars Matt LeBlanc. 
and it's it's basically him, uh, hi, yeah, him pitching. Know, it's a, it's a yeah. gorilla or something or chimp or whatever pitch becoming a pitcher for baseball, and that's just one of the worst experiences I've ever had in my life, movie wise. And it made me mm. really after watching that movie. I saw it on Fairfax where you used to live uh, on, on one of the theaters over there, and after. I, yeah, but you that movie's for kids, Greg. You've seen that movie? Apologize for that movie because I'm sure that like, no, but I know I get the gist of it. It's like Air Bud, but with the monkey, you know, pitching. I, I'm sure that my my four year old would would love it. Like he'd probably be entertained for for an hour and a half or whatever. But when you're taking on movies that would have serious like uh, complex social implications, and you and they're still just ass, just horrible. And you you can't access them because they're just it's just bad movie making. That's when I get really mad because like this is an opportunity to make a movie that people could see and maybe have conversations about and it would maybe open things up and be important. But instead, it's just really bad filmmaking. That's when I get that's when I get really mad. That's Understood. when I get really upset. And I feel like and I feel like you know what? I don't. Un, un- it, Spike Lee was. It was decided that Spike Lee was going to be the voice of black cinema by white people who invited him in and put him up on the pedestal. And he's not the right choice because he's just not a good filmmaker. He's just not good. And it's white people's fault for putting him there. I'm going to yeah, I'm glad you have a strong opinion on that. I'm going to say one thing. Bamboozled on IMDb has a IMDb rating of 6.6. I haven't seen Bamboozled, by the way. That's way way too And by the way, way 1996, have you ever heard this? IMDb rating 2.7. Have you have you two point seven out of ten? I saw something the other really? day with one point six, and it was like really? forty thousand votes. Yeah, I can't oh my goodness, was, oh my one point six. Yeah. yeah. All right, so that is it for our our uh, monthly. Uh, yeah. What? People get confused though when they see movies, especially like by Spike Lee or any kind of political social commentary, and they they I think. I don't want to say white guilt, but people get you know afraid to not like it or to hate on it because they think they're going to come I off get, as racist or something. I, I mean, uh, just no. I I. It, the, the fact that I you like think that the, the blood, I love the five like, one, is of the, a good my, movie. one of my favorites from last year. What am I? I'm gonna. And I, how about Black? Would really concern me if like I wasn't talking to the guy that thinks the account. <laughs> Black, wait, wait. So I, no, it makes enough. sense. Black Klansman. You love that movie, of course. Black Klansman okay, had some go. great moments. Yes, very inconsistent, oh, but it had yeah, some great that moments. Classic yes. film he did in 2013. Old boy. My goodness, that's a good movie. So, Greg, <laughs> right? I'm Greg. Summer of Sam is my favorite uh, yes, Spike Lee movie that that's I've seen. But even even his good movies are very uneven, and they have some some spots that are just like, what's yeah. happening? What's yeah, going yeah. on right no, now? No, no, no. So uh, I'm looking at some of his. Yeah, Malcolm X, not bad. More better blues. Anyways, that is it. Thank you guys so much for listening to us. Um, yeah. Anything else, Anderson? Uh, no. I miss, I, I, I miss you, buddy, and I uh, look forward to talking to you about 1965 later right. in the month. Okay, guys. Uh, talk to you guys soon.